Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. I am feeling very Olympic today. How about you? Not the uh, not the intro I expected with that button. <laughs> Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Ryan, how you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I am peach keen, peachy peachy keen. Hey, I, I I don't think it's a bad thing. It's uh, we we, we we're on the home stretch here. Sports. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're, the show is. Sportscast Radio. And I can right. clearly see that at the end of the day, there is light at the end of that tunnel. Man. This is a fantastic so, opening. I thought so. I, I liked it. I like the uh again the the uh the cool running. Damn, what are you eating over there? I'm uh I'm actually walking on eggshells as we speak. Um, Just smashing. <laughs> big ball of smashing. Um big my ears. Getting big killer getting high and uh, so uh <laughs> the um, <laughs> where do you want to start tonight, Ryan? I think uh, I think we got uh, you know a little NHL love, a little NBA love. Um, you know, NFL has kind of made a a pretty good solid proclamation in regards to their their opening day plan. So I don't really want to go too deep in that. Um, maybe touch on uh, maybe a little Browns update or news uh, as far as uh, that team goes, if you'd like. Uh, maybe a little Tom Brady love also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do here? You want me to roll, spin, the, spin the wheel or what? All right, whatever you want to do. I mean, I, I, I don't think NFL is worth really talking about this early, but I think the positive thing, what, what keeps them moving so much easier is they're three and a half months out still. So, I mean, they got time on their side. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, so I don't blame them for not quitting. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. Um, let's let's go to your bread and butter. All right, your, uh, your biscuits, if you will, your thin mints, your – you know, a little tape-to-tape action there. How about a little hockey for you? Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, uh, they had a nice uh, press conference uh, yesterday at uh, roughly five-ish year, and, and Bettman kind of outlined um, the, the playoff um, situation by calling an end to the regular season uh, essentially immediately. Uh, what do you think of the, the, the shell that he's laid out um, obviously, locations to be determined, and I think you may have a little update on the times as far as that goes. What um, what, do you, what do you feel about this current situation? I I think it's time to just get going. Um, if any, if you know, all these people want to restart it, all the players, all the the owners, things like that. At this point, we you know we've been living in a strange world for you know the last ten weeks here. May, you know, March twelfth pretty much was kind of the the go to with everything shutting down. Um, 
ironically, Target is the day that they they Target changed all their hours on my birthday to, to change everything. Like, so I mean, we you know we've been eight to ten weeks in with all this. Uh, at this point, you know, everybody I think is starting to, in the nicest way possible. I'm I'm saying it's becoming a normality, and people are realizing we just got to start going. And I think with that being said, with everybody wanting to start their new seasons right around the normal start time, you're you're running out of you're running out of daylight here. So I think it's time to get moving here, and that's what NHL is doing. Um, they they've NHL moves to 2014 conference based postseason, uh, 29 to two vote, but the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning were the only two that voted against the 2014 based thing, which I don't know why Tampa would have. Uh, that blows my mind because they have a team good enough where they can beat anybody. If they could get some weaker teams, then I would think they would enjoy that. But that's that's beside the point. Um, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver are being considered um, to be the hubs. One would be west and one would be east. So they got four phases that are looking to do first phases, a draw on June 26th. Uh, this is for the draft. This is kind of interesting too, Jordan. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there will be three separate draws to determine which teams are in the first, second, and third overall picks. Taking part in the draw, the seven teams that didn't make the qualifying round, Detroit, Ottawa, San Jose, which Ottawa owns their pick as well. So Ottawa has tentatively the second and third best odds to get Alexi Lafreniere with that number one pick. So, I mean, wow. if they, if they, if Detroit who had the worst season I've seen in the history of my life and in, in hockey, maybe, maybe not counting the, um, the 91 sharks in their first year, which was, I think they won nine games, but I mean, this Detroit team was, was butt cheeks awful. Um, I almost hope they don't get the number one pick, but Los Angeles, Anaheim, New Jersey, and Buffalo, and then eight placeholder spots for teams that are in the qualification round. So teams that get eliminated from the four play-in series will then, those eight teams will fill the last eight spots on this. Um, if any draws won by how one of the non um, How does that play out? How, like, do they just order them by, by record or points after, uh, after they get eliminated from that section, or are they going to... So they all will have the same... That? odds i believe okay so, um, so what those those eight teams they'll okay yeah uh if any draws won by one of the non-resuming teams which means that they win the the draw for the number one pick that team gets the selection if all three top picks go to those non-resuming teams so if t- you know those eight teams all slide ahead of the seven there wouldn't be a second draw um, however, if any of the placeholder spots with the top three pick, there will be a second lottery after the qualification round to determine which eliminated team gets that draft pick. After the top three picks are determined, all remaining picks will be slotted through points percentage. So if one of those teams doesn't get pick one, two, or three, and a placeholder spot does, then they will do a, a lottery between the eight placeholder teams, and that team will get it. So... Um, Meanwhile, NHL is getting players back to training facilities. On uh, Monday, the NHL released uh, what they're calling Phase 2. Uh, it's return to play. Uh, basically, restrictions on small groups of players and staff that will be returning to use the practice facilities. Uh, phase 1 involves self-quarantining, kind of like I had mentioned to you when we were talking earlier. 
Um, Phase two is expected early June. This would allow for six players to train at once together. Uh, Online sessions are going to be for only players. There's no coaches, no team personnel, blah, 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 blah with it. Median agents uh, barred from entering facility. Face coverings at all times, except when they're exercising or on the ice. Uh, any player who participate in phase two cannot work on or skate at a public facility and cannot organize group skates outside of the training as well. Uh, during that second phase, players and staff will be tested for the coronavirus two days before they're scheduled to participate. They will be tested twice per week afterward, though players are told to self-administer temperature symptom checks daily and will have their temperature checked before entering facilities. Um, then players who test positive for COVID-19 will not be allowed to return to the training until it is deemed safe. Teams were encouraged to follow CDC guidelines on the discontinuation of isolation following positive COVID-19 tests in symptomatic and asymptomatic patients, uh, which then one of the next major steps for the NHL in return is training is to get players back in their home team communities. An estimated 17% of the NHL players are currently outside of North America. Phase two of the league's return to play plan requires 14 days self quarantine period before a player can participate in training. If he travels via public transportation, such as on a commercial fight, then phase three, the plan is to open training camps no earlier than the first half of July. And then phase four would be the completion of the season, in the two hub cities. So it sounds like end of July, beginning of August is when we would get the puck to drop. Um, I've also heard if a player tests positive, um, they cannot come back until they have tested negative on two consecutive tests. Hmm. So they'll be tested twice. They have to pass two tests. Uh, and the NBA is taking that same policy, and I believe the MLB is as well. So they're doubling up to make sure if you pass one, great, but we want to make sure it's not a faulty one. you got to do it again. Makes sense completely. Now, here's one thing that, that mildly, before we get into, like I guess, maybe some of the odds or opportunities uh, – for, for the teams that made the uh, the playoffs here, um, what happens to the start of next season if they're playing hockey in August? Yeah, that's that's the kicker I'm looking at is if the season starts in August, they're running an initial almost a first round of a first round before they do these other rounds. I don't think you're starting in October. I think realistically we're looking at a December start which then you would end your season roughly July in 2021, maybe the first week of August, which then if players are fine with a short off season, they could get back on track in October or they could start November of 2021 and just, um, you know, have less days off to, to get back onto the normal schedule. So, I mean, I think we're going to see, Next season is going to be in a, in a weird condensed way that'll trickle into the following. So, I mean, I think this is going to affect the next two years um, getting back to an actual normal start time for these, these leagues. And, and who knows? I mean, we, we really don't know what's going to happen, how this, how this comes out. Ultimately when it's all said and done, you know, optimistically, which I, I'm not very optimistic on this aspect of it, but you know, we could we could wake up tomorrow and somebody somebody found a vac, you know, made a vaccine finally. Okay, then everybody's going to be like, great, now we can go. Yeah. So you never know. But but even with that, all these players, like everybody's talking about wanting to come back. I mean, the the conference call. I, I just I was just reading about this tonight after we talked. NBA ran a conference call. Um, that players like LeBron, Curry, Giannis, Chris Paul, and 
Kevin Durant was on this call, expressed the desire to resume the season. So it sounds like in all these sports, people are kind of getting up ready to rock and roll, but they're all talking about, we need that, that four week training camp at least, or at least, you know, a couple with, with some kind of warmups because we got to get our bodies back into it, which I understand. I, I don't discredit that at all. So, I mean, long story, I don't think that can really speed things up then anyway, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it should be interesting. Um, something to get you kind of hype is uh, one of the questions that I saw uh, asked would be, uh, what about the uh, 2021 NHL season potentially starting with the Winter Classic? How cool would you, how excited would you be to see kickoff? That would be uh, awesome. Kick, kick off with uh, outdoor hockey. Yeah, I, I had heard, well, because we're, I mean, that's us. We're the Winter Classic next year. Maybe we'll be, uh, how cool would it <laughs> let's, I'm gonna, now we're going to start getting into odds and, and, and the hyperbole is going to get thick real fast for you right now. Hey, how cool would it be to have a, uh, have a Stanley cup ceremony, uh, on, on Minnesota uh, championship ring ceremony on Minnesota outdoor ice, bro. <laughs> oh, that would be so incredible. <laughs> hey, you never know. Here's, here's something that we got to look at is the wild were one of the hotter teams before the season ended. We're coming in here and fresh legged. It, Everyone's it, coming it, fresh legged, man. That's that's it, the question. But, but but that's my point is some teams are going to not succeed with with these fresh legs. Some teams are. If we can if we can capitalize on it and we don't have the rust that some teams are going to have, you never know who's going to make a run because the one thing I always say about hockey why it's so good right now is you can argue that almost every team can be competitive to a T. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it should be really interesting. Again, this is this, you know, for these um for these playoffs and I, I mean for all all three current sports or we're going to call them active sports. I'm going to include baseball in that. If um, you know, these shortened seasons, yeah, they're going to be turning into sprints, man. I I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a pace that we're not normally used to seeing, especially jumping into um, you know, two plus months off at this point. Um it'll be interesting to see because I think that's also then you don't then you don't know, like, how do you, how do you gauge or how do you prep? Do you go based on how the team was playing, you know, mid stewards and season when, when this all occurred? Or do you look at, you know, the first 10 games back, you know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is that going to be the telltale sign of your team? Are they a slow starter? Are they, you know, cause if I recall, Tampa had a terrible start, uh, yeah. you know, when it came to, it came to the start of the season, but now obviously they're, they're, they're two in the Atlantic when this all ended. So, so what, um, how do you feel about those aspects? What, what, are you, what are you looking at, or what are you expecting? Do you think it's going to be a anything goes kind of thing, or do you think do you think some of the some of those trends will stay the same? I I'm slightly nervous for a team like Tampa, who you know those last like 30 games they were like 27 and three or whatever, because now they've they've had a chance to to unwind and the cooling off could could hurt. I think a lot of these teams that have some veterans on their team are going to benefit. And that's what I think helps the wild is yes, we have a lot of young guys, but I mean, the Parisi's, the suitors, the stalls, Dubnik, these guys are, are probably benefiting from having this extra rest. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at one thing that, that the wild usually do, and this is what always kills us is we always come out of the gate hot. And then mm-hmm. we, 
and then we cool off and go into the playoffs and get smoked because we're we're hot at the wrong time. Well, this is a restart, and we're playing our old rival in the first round. We're playing Vancouver. And there's no love lost there. I, I still, you know, deep down, Wild Wild Canucks is a, is a rivalry in my opinion. I mean, that was, you know, those were some rough years for a long time against those guys. Where we, I mean, Todd Bertuzzi is still a swear word out of my mouth. Yeah. So the. It's funny uh, that you say that because the uh, the Wild and uh, Vancouver had a nice Twitter exchange uh, after the announcement there uh, with the <laughs> with Van, with Vancouver uh, scoring first, so to speak, and showing uh, showing a picture of one getting past the Wild goalie. Um, but uh, we quickly retaliated uh, as, as far as that goes. So I do I do uh, uh, in Minnesota form. I think the the caption was "Oh, you know." So uh, we uh, we definitely uh, you know did a little something there. But, but, and um, these are going to be fun. I mean, if you if you look at so th- the top four teams in East Conference ranked by points percentage: Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly. Then St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas in the West will play separate round robin tournaments to determine seeding in the first round, which yeah. they'll be played with regular season overtime and shootout rules. The teams will be accumulating points within that round robin. If there's any ties, they will be broken by which team had a higher regular season points percentage. As example, if Boston and Tampa both go two and one in the round robin, Boston would earn the top seed based on points. So okay. I like that that you get to seed it. Remaining six team will do a best of five. Um, then we play with playoff overtime rules, which is the way I think it should go. Um, and that's who will make it to the Stanley Cup. Listen to these fun matchups, at least in the West. And we can get to the we can get to the East after, but Edmonton, Chicago, that mm. should be really fun. Um, Nashville, Arizona, two of the like Nashville's becoming one of the biggest markets, and you know, and even just you know, in in per capita and population yeah. wise too. But their their hockey team is one of the most popular teams in the NHL, and Arizona finally is starting to win some games. So they're, they're chopping at the bone to get back in. We obviously mentioned Vancouver, Minnesota and a nice North battle between Calgary and Winnipeg. Like those are some really good series. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are really good on the West. I, I, absolutely. It's still, it, it still kind of blows my mind though. Like thinking about, um, again, you know, you're looking at how they're, they're, they're doing this to do the play-ins and such, but, um, the Blackhawks are potentially a playoff team and they were last in the, in the division. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of crazy. Like, but also, you know, uh, what, 10, uh, not 10 points. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was very, obviously very close as far as these, these point structures go. And, you know, the Kings and Ducks only had what 60 something points a pop, but like, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really, it should be a very fun. And like you said, sprint and with these, uh, with the luck of it, um, to see who who really comes out on top in this weird um, playoff system that we're going to have for the NHL. What um, what do you think about the East matchups? Uh, East has got some fun stuff, and and you know what's you know you mentioned Chicago too real quick. To be fair, they're only like six points out of a playoff spot too. Like that Central Division is just so good that you know you're you're running into all these these teams that could potentially make a playoff spot. Um, East on the other end, I think, I think should be pretty fun. You, you have, you know, once again, we have the top four, Boston, Tampa, we have Pittsburgh, uh, um, excuse me, Philly and Washington. Uh, yeah. But the Penguins, Montreal, that should be a, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be a sweep. Montreal is, is not a good team. They're in just by casualty. They're one of the ones that I kind of don't look at as a, 
you know, eh, I, I guess you have to have somebody in, but I mean, you know, that team's didn't even get to 60 points, 30 and 39. They're, they're not going to, or excuse me, 31 and 40 at 71 points. They're not going to make, I think any issue with Carolina, New York could be interesting because Carolina has been hot and the Rangers are always have an opportunity to do something good, but, you know, it's it's just the Rangers aspect. Islanders, Florida probably is the least popular series I could imagine for a playoffs, especially as somebody who doesn't like the Panthers. And the Islanders lose their money guy in Tavares and just have a bunch of good role players, so they made it in uh, with, you know, playing decent, but nothing there. And then I think Toronto-Columbus is your one standout with Columbus sweeping Tampa last year, Toronto having John Tavares now on that team with Matthews and Marner and those guys, they have a lot riding on making the playoffs, especially after last year having a better record than they did this year. Uh, I mean, it should be top heavy Pittsburgh, Carolina, New York Islanders. And then I would think Toronto, I think the West is where we could have some upsets. I mean, I think, I think wild could be Vancouver. I think Winnipeg could be Calgary. Chicago could beat Edmonton. I mean, we'll see what happens. And Arizona could be Nashville. I mean, I think all of those are, are gimmies. But, hey, I mean, Edmonton, <laughs> technically, since the season has officially ended, Edmonton has the, the Art Ross Trophy leading scorer of the league now. And it isn't, mm. uh, it isn't Connor McDavid. It's Leon Draisaitl, first guy from Germany to ever win a scoring title. So, Drysdale won it by a mountain too. I mean, McDavid finished. I mean, Edmonton had the top two scorers. McDavid finished with ninety-seven. Drysdale finished with one ten. Would you Would you be mad if they did? I mean, obviously it counts for for regular season like that. But would you be mad if the you know because of this this weird season that if they combined the uh, combined the stats going into the playoffs, like you still track playoffs, but the, you you still get the, the cumulative for the season? I. I just don't think it's fair to do it because then if Edmonton gets eliminated and Boston makes a run to the cup, well, Drysdale could lose the the scoring title and he didn't get a chance to play. Yeah. So that's okay. where I, I guess I wouldn't say it. You know, I no, mean, just curious. Ovechkin, Pasternak, that's kind of interesting. They both tied with forty eight. Matthews at forty seven. So I mean, you could, you know, I guess you share that. I wouldn't mind if they they try to do something fun and fancy with those guys, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, that could that could be fun with the you know with the you know. But here's the thing: it's like shared shared um, shared MVPs are okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Peyton and uh, and Steve McNair did it, um, and and yeah, you know it's uh, I think it's it's also something special too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there can there there can be legitimate you know arguments for, for, for this to occur, but yeah, absolutely. I like yeah, I think, I think you give it to Ovi anyway. Like if I had to, because theoretically let's look at this. I mean, Pasternak had a better season, 48 goals, just like Ovechkin. He had 47 assists to Ovechkin's 19. We all know Ovechkin has less, less options to, to pass to and stuff like that. So I get why he didn't have the assist. That's not his style, but Ovechkin yeah, played but two less player, games man. than Pasternak. Yeah. So yeah. I, I tend to think in those two games, knowing the scoring titles on the line, I think Ovechkin would bury one or two or five. Uh, so I, I just said, so I'm like, ah, well, I mean, if you want to give Ovi a chance to, to tie him. Now, here's, here's what I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to for a situation like that. Boston and Washington both are playing in the playing round that is adapting regular season style um, scoring in regular season overtime and shootout rules. 
where the other teams are in the playoffs. If you want to, if you want to count Ovechkin and Pasternak stats for the to try to figure out who wins the Maurice Richard, I wouldn't hate that because they're in. It's the same playing field. Hmm. Okay. God, I'm looking at Drysdale. Forty-three goals, fourth. He finished fourth this year in goals. Five less than Pasternak and Ovi, four less than Austin Matthews. But then you go to the assist, he had 67 assists, led the league in assists, 110 points. I mean, he just and, – and Connor McDavid played seven less games, too. Yeah, Man. yeah that, and that, that is absolutely crazy when you, when you think about that. Holy crap. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I you know, it, it, it's like you said, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fast, and it's gonna be uh, really crazy. Again, you know, and, and as soon as you get those those overtime rules, man, I mean, that's that's when the game becomes really interesting too. Um, you know, could you imagine some, you know, one of these teams lose out on seating uh, in a shootout in the in the early uh, in the early portion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I mean, could you imagine that? God, that'd be interesting. Oh, God, wild. You know, like, no, you don't get to advance. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm thinking of the possibilities on that, too. Like, it's just kind of, but, um, yeah, really interesting. Really, really fun, uh, really fun stuff. And, and yeah, that's that's the first, that's the morsel, right? Right now, uh, and, and I'm sorry, you, you already gave dates, you gave places. Uh, did you have a pick if you, had to, if you had to pick one coming out right now? I mean, I'm still going to ride Tampa. I still think they're the most complete team. Boston's going to be tough. I mean, St. Louis obviously is coming out. They want to defend their their crown that they won in in St. Louis. I mean, their you know their record stands for itself. They had the they had the second best record in the NHL. Um, I mean, Boston, Tampa, St. Louis. I mean, all those teams are good. Colorado, a very good team with McKinnon and Rantanen out there. But I. You know, if I could, if I could ask for something, I want to see a Tampa Edmonton Stanley Cup. I think the 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 action with all that talent of scoring out there would be just tremendous for people to to watch. Okay, yeah, that's uh, yeah. It, it really it really could be, and it really should be. It, it's really uh, it's playoff hockey, and 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 it's gonna be playoff hockey from the jump. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it'd be like. That's that's something that's different in its own little world, right? Right. So um, that's what's great too is is they're going to come out the gate and give you the best thing that they do. Now, I mean, it's like a it's like Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Christmas, Christmas tends to be the big day for for another sport. Um, the NBA. The NBA is also trying to figure out their plans. Uh, sounds like uh, you know you don't have to be an MVP to go to Disney. Um, what? Um, what are you hearing? What are you liking? What are you not liking? Uh, and then um, let's 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 get into the NBA, man. I know you and I have some interesting thoughts on uh, maybe how some of the playoff picture um, may potentially start the way this is uh, currently looking. At, at training camp, uh, well, so ESPN's talking and and the NBA saying that they will be re- the NBA is reopening June first, so. June 15th would be the start of an actual training camp, um, another month training camp. Um, July 15th would be the, the bubble start site uh, games. Everybody's kind of hinging on to, to accommodate for training camp reasons and for, 
you know, a preseason style warm up. They would play up until 70 games. Uh, so five to seven games, depending who they are. So they all can get the regional TV money. That way you also can get teams like Memphis and Portland and Sacramento who still have it at San Antonio, still opportunities, Washington, even, even though they're pretty, they're, they're like five games out on the other side, but you know, you give those teams an opportunity to come back and make the playoffs. Damian Lillard has been very vocal about it, especially getting some of the players back on his team that were injured. You know, he said, we fought our way back into this, uh, into this predicament of making the playoffs. We should be given a chance to try to make the playoffs. Uh, Lillard wants a play in tournament. And one of the, uh, one of the interesting things that I've, I've read would be, uh, you know, in the, um, in the East, they, you know, with the potential of the 16 seed um, tournament going in, there would be a separate four, um, four team playoff. However, the four teams would all be from the West. As if you look at the teams in the East, because of that five and a half game lead, there's not much that's going to change in the East um, with the yep. uh, with the Wizards really controlling that eight seed. Um, I'm sorry, the Magic rather. Um, whereas in the West, you know, you point you talk about that three and a half. Uh, Three and a half seat over the uh, the, the Grizzlies. Yeah, New Orleans, Portland, and Sacramento. San Antonio's four out. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it'd be that those last four as far as that goes. You know, do you do you agree or disagree? Do you do you think the play in is the route to, to go here at the, with or the top sixteen versus versus the actual? Um, I mean, do you do you feel anybody's being wrongly put in or put out as far as this goes? No, because, you know, if we're at the point where, where teams need to play about five games to get to the 70 games, when you have a four-point out between those teams, you know, San Antonio should get it right. What if they go 5-0, and oh, and what if Memphis goes 0-5, oh and, and Portland, Phoenix, and Sacramento split the difference? San Antonio deserves to make it in. Yeah. You know, now if you want to do Memphis, Portland, I, what I think would be would be cool is take Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento and do that NHL round robin style, and just have have that team get in and get the last spot. And the way you could do it is you figure you have to play three teams, so Memphis plays Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, vice versa. Have them play a couple games. When they get to game sixty-eight, that's when you'd play one of those three teams. So your mm-hmm. games to get to seventy would be those. It doesn't contradict with getting to seventy games, and you give everyone a chance where they get to play for their spot. Yep. Now, Obviously, Portland. Yep. In the one that I was talking about, they're shutting down the East. How's everyone getting to seventy? I, I don't get that. Oh, I I think they would still just play games. But, but like I said, then you got that again. You got that weird. I don't, it, it is definitely a weird thing. I'm curious, and, and you know, with guys like Lillard, who is a um, tier one talent as far as that goes. Um, God, that's that's really interesting. I just I, ooh, I don't know if, how contentious that's going to get. Um, well, if it, here, here's the one thing they're 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 looking at is they're not necessarily talking about doing the one through sixteen. They're still talking about doing eight and eight. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, so the, the whole reason the one through 16 was proposed is the reason that they don't do a one through 16, they do an eight and eight is to cut travel. Yeah. You don't have to cut travel. So you could just randomly do this for this one anomaly of a season, but it's by yeah. no means at all set in stone. And if you don't have that set in stone, well, then you need to have those teams there. Yep. Because Detroit, New York, and Chicago, and Charlotte, and Washington should get their shot to, to come in. Now, 
now with that, like, again, and, and I agree as far as that goes, but then, you know, if you're, that that's at the same time, like, I just look at it. I mean, that means you got to, you got to really kick ass if you're going to, if you're going to be a team like Washington or, um, or the Hornets to really try and get in there. I mean, I, and even, even then, like the Hornets were like in their own division, they were two and seven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, they're not going to win. Nobody was on a crazy streak. Everyone, you know what I mean? Like the the best players, you got like, you need this TV money to come in for the, for the fact of contracts to get paid and, you know, things like that. Like they understand it's a business and, and a lot of these players just want to get out and play again, which is where part of it is too. And maybe they don't go that route. I don't know. And, and that, you know, time will tell. Um, There was, there was that call I mentioned. There's, there's players tweeting about um, Spencer Dinwiddie um, tweeted after Mark. He, he tweeted at Mark Stein after, Mark Stein said many around the league have been buzzing about the same rough time frame described in this tweet. Practices that would launch one month from now with an NBA season resumption date in July, in the July 15th range. And that was, he was quoting Spencer Dinwiddie, who said, that's just practice. I heard those five last, uh, I heard those last five games at bubble site start July 15th. So, I mean, the players are all here in this too. Um, Bucks owner Mark uh, Lazarus says about the NBA and CNBC on the next six to eight weeks, we should be playing. So it sounds like everything is is ready to go. They just there's there had been talks about splitting it in half and doing the West in Vegas and the East in Orlando mm-hmm. um, to just be able to have the games go quicker so they could try to get the season done for the next year. But mm-hmm. I think it's getting to the part with with Orlando. It doesn't matter if you're all in the same thing. When you when you watch the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and vice versa, you know there's eight playoffs turn around you know there's eight first round matchups you know with the 16 teams four play on one day and four play the next day anyway so they're always playing every other so it really doesn't matter where the you know what they're doing you could have it in the same place and it wouldn't matter now yeah that and that's that's that is really uh i mean that is the site thing doesn't bother me as much as far as it goes yeah it does make it easier the east west thing but at the same time i guess it's one of those things like if you're gonna go east west like East, you might as well jump in the playoffs because, there's, again, outside of the money thing, there's no – like, here's the thing is you bring these – let's say you bring a game back for um, – let's I, – again, this is going to be – and this is going to go back to one of our things when you brought up the Nets. Um, let's say you come back and you start to play these games and obviously the, you know, the Hornets are um, – you know, the Hornets are, are, you know, somebody blows out a knee, you know, and now you're, now you're out starting next season because, Hey, this team was already eliminated by and large, but now we're playing, you know, past the, past the normal expiration date of the season, past, um, past this for, for other teams benefit by and large, by and large. Um, What, what, what would something like that? How would that, how would something like those opportunities? maybe You can't avoid injury. It's going to happen yeah. no matter what. 
Like, I don't, I, I thought about that more, and it's like, it doesn't matter when you play the games. I mean, look at all the people in NFL preseason that get hurt for the whole year. Look at Gordon yeah. Hayward a couple of years ago, the first, the first play game. of a regular yeah. season game. You know, Kobe at the end of a season. It's it, Durant and Clay Thompson's in, in the NBA Finals when they're the most conditioned they could possibly be. So, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. I think it just, if, if you're playing, there's always a chance something can happen. Yeah, you know, but I mean, that's the thing is if you don't need to play, like like, like I said, I'm looking at the team, like particularly the teams in the East, okay? If you don't need to, like, I, I, I'm, I'm advocating at this point, I like the top 16 idea, I like the playing idea for the teams in the West. I think everyone else just uh, go fishing, as uh, Charles Barkley and the boys like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, and like on TN, or TNT, Charles Barkley was saying that TNT told him that he's going to be working July, August, and September this year instead of having that three month break, and he'll have his he'll have his mini break like a month or two after September, um, yep. potentially October, November. But it, but because they've already essentially been on break anyway, um, it, they they said just be ready to work. Um, John Ireland was talking about they're trying to figure out if he's going to go to Walt Disney to call the Laker games, if he's going to do it from his house, if he's going to do it from the Spectrum Sports Studio in El Segundo. So everybody's starting to figure everything out. Like, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And I think the NBA is just waiting for that June 1st date to really announce things. I'm I'm expecting next week we could we could hear an announcement from all three leagues. Like, I yeah. truly think this time next week, you know, depending, you know, if, if sportscast is running, we may be talking about all of it already starting, like everything in place to start. Because everybody knows they got to get rolling on this. And, and part of the thing, too, is if I'm, you know, if I'm a guy like, you know, we brought up Kevin Durant, I damn sure want to play. I, you know, he, he was, they were saying that even before anything changed, you know, say there was no COVID, he was yeah. still talking about coming back in April and playing like the last remaining four regular season games, then playing in the playoffs because he was healthy. And, you know, that's the, that's the thing is I heard that was, um, you know, I heard his agent say, you know, he's, he's not playing at all this year. You know what I yep. mean? Like that, that's, that's one thing that definitely came out in his agent. Obviously I think that's, I, I don't, you know, I never know who floats these, these ideas out. If it's, maybe a Kevin Durant burner account, which he's known to have, or, uh, uh <laughs> I believe you know, the agent, I mean, Woj yeah. said it too, but I think what changed the whole game was the fact that he's seated against LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. These players <laughs> play for competition. And the fact that Kyrie, who has a history with LeBron and Durant, who's always going to be, you know, he's always going to be the guy who can't be the best in the league because LeBron's playing those guys got a chip on their shoulder against that team. And I can tell you flat out that, I mean, and, and this is what Windhorse even said. He goes, look, the, the, the aspect of them being able to play the Lakers changes everything. He goes, I know they said they're not playing and they very well might not play, he, but, but don't sit there and look shocked when those guys are suited for game one against the Lakers in the playoffs, because that's what these guys play for. And if you're, if you're Durant and Kyrie, you took a chance and went out to Brooklyn together to play together. You go in and you beat that powerhouse of the Lakers. Now you suddenly are going into this playoff team where you're that 15 seed that everybody is scared to death of that you could win it all. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's intriguing, but at the same time, you know, again, and, and, and not to poo poo your ideas, like it, it, yes, it's great for TV, but you know, what about a situation like Boogie who came back from an injury, came back in the playoffs and then boom, 
Yeah, but you know, Kevin Durant is a much more – he's a different build. He's a different work ethic. He's a different everything. You know, Boogie Boogie came back overweight. He he what? didn't look comfortable on the court when he was playing in the playoffs. I mean, he just looked awkward. Yeah, you know, I could – I could see that. And, but, and you know, he had, a, he had a freak thing where he knocked knees with somebody. Like, yeah. that doesn't – you can't control – like, that doesn't – that's not your body breaking down if you if you smack into somebody and injure yourself. I mean, you got to look at that, too. It's it's more than just – you know, he, he wasn't doing – he wasn't doing knuckle push-ups like Kevin Love and he broke his wrist or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, man. He, he, you knock knees, your leg bends. There's nothing he can do about that. You know, Kevin yeah. Durant went straight into rehab with the with the intentions of playing. I mean, Brooklyn signed him with the thought that they might have a shot with him this year. And I yeah. think when everything was said and done and, and they were kind of wrapping it up and not knowing, that's when I think the whole Durant saying, I'm just going to take the year off. I just, maybe, you maybe. know, I just, I agree with Windhorse, man. Until it happens, these guys are driven on these kind of things and, Holy shit, man. This would be the highest-rated first-round playoff series in the history of the NBA. Oh, that'd be wild. And again, especially oh, you know, being able, possibly being the first one to come out of this. Like, yeah, this, the, you oh. know, the, NBA is, the NBA is certainly looking at a lot of good money uh, as, far as, uh, the, if, as far as this goes. What, um, and you put it prime time on ABC? Like, holy God. Like, Everybody's got it. Yeah, that's that's the one where I go, Jordan. It's time for you to come out of your house. I have a love seat waiting for you. We're watching this game. Are <laughs> I we have sitting on the love seat together? I, I guess I, that's my question. Or is it, is it actually? Yeah, look, I'm comfortable. It's all on you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, absolutely, and 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 again, it, there's still a lot of moving pieces. I, I I do like that 16 seed a lot better as far as again the entertainment value, the big picture. I like it. I you know I think I think it makes the most intriguing options, and it's also a great test for the obviously something that they've been trying to put in, or there's been discussion of getting put in um, over the last couple of years. So I'm for that one. I'm also for the East taking a hike this year. Um, because well, the, the East, East would be six of the bottom eight seeds. Yeah, so I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the, you know, everyone's going, everyone's going fishing, and that, I guess that's where, and that's why I'm okay with it because it, then it becomes a Western Conference, uh, or it just becomes an NBA championship, and you get to see the Western Conference, the best of the best of the best of the best meet, and I think that's the most important. Now, if you did truly play for the, that play-in style, um, Sacramento or you know San Antonio in Memphis are four games apart for that that. Um, for the 14th seed Brooklyn and Orlando are only two and two and a half above San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, you could theoretically, if you really wanted to do it, you could take Dallas, Memphis, Brooklyn, or Orlando, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio and do an eight team plan. I don't think it's fair for Dallas, who's forty and twenty seven, but I just you know, they you, you wanna to try to get New Orleans in there because of because of Zion or you wanna get some more Zion games out. So like that's why and you gotta do it and you want Portland to have a shot because you want Lillard in there. But what do you, what do you think of this? If they run that route, there's a chance the finals could be Lakers Clippers. That'd be wild. 
because the Lakers and Raptors would be on one side of the bracket, and then Bucks and Clippers would be on the other side. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's tough. Like, but and then that's where you know the the neutral site becomes a question, right? Because doesn't doesn't and and, and God forbid, okay. But doesn't uh, you know the, the Subway series has always been great. You know what I mean? It's always something uh, people always talk about. Um, you know, when the Mets play the Yankees, dude, the Staples Center would be nuts every game. Yeah. Every game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could just run it. And LA, I mean, they officially um, started opening everything up. So, you know, they're one of the last to really get going before. Um, but now they're all going. And, you know, as of, as of Monday, I mean, they're opening hair salons the whole nine yards uh, out there. God, I need yeah. a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come. Jeez. It'll come. Yeah. Um, I I uh, hope I can sneak in there and and everyone's like, oh, I don't want to go get my hair cut. I'll be the first one knocking on that door going, hello, I'm cool. (laughs) Cut me, um, Mick. (laughs) Looking at uh, cut me, cut me, Mick. Um, Do uh, so. uh, We we briefly kind of mentioned uh, baseball kind of in passing here, and in. And I was just reading Scherzer. Scherzer's not uh, another guy that's on the. on the the on the no bandwagon on this this pay cut situation we were talking about, um, with without mentioning he who shall not be named because it is a sticking point. I did um, pull up the um, the financial numbers that were looking at uh, um, the salary cuts, courtesy of Jeff Passan, and uh, he said essentially what uh, the original salary cuts would have been, you know, obviously prorated. Um, yeah. For you get paid for what the games you were doing, and they gave some really interesting examples in how that would work, right? If you work a half a season, well, your sal- your salary should roughly get cut in half, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so instead, um, one of the the full prorated value of somebody making thirty five million dollars uh, would be, um, you know, seventeen seven for an eighty two you know eighty two game season. Not bad. However, um, the proposal, um, you know, in a guy who is making what league minimum million, you know, you'd get 285, uh, 285 K, you know what I mean? Um, his, his salary would actually drop the least in regards to this, um, going down to 262, but a guy who is making that top, that top tier bracket, magically their 35 million or $35 million contract goes down to a 17, seven for the jobs done, but they wanted to get paid $7.84 million. So, so they want them to take roughly an eighty percent pay cut. I know they had talked about having, like the 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 most the highest paid players taking more of a cut, so the lowest paid players didn't have to take as big of a cut since they don't make as much. I don't know how that that gets over. I I like they're talking June fifteenth training camp or spring training with Fourth of July or July eleventh would be the start. I still am like 90, 10, 85, 15, you know, not even an 80, 20, but higher than that, that this is going to get figured out. If this is about money being the only thing that's stopping the season from happening, I just feel like eventually it's going to get to the point where you're going to get somebody who's smart on one end and somebody who's smart on the other end, and they're going to get them in a room and the two of them are going to figure it out. Because the, the, both the players and owners know how much is at stake by not doing the season. 
Like oh, what? Yeah. It's going to be an awful look, and I think both sides know it. And think of how big of a hit MLB took after that 1994 strike. I mean, it took a while to get back to people actually giving them the time of day. I just I don't think they're they want to risk that again. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's intriguing, but at the same time, I think, and this is bigger, big, big, big picture kind of thing here. It's it's how many people are going to run out to these games afterwards? You know what I mean? I, I know you are, I know you're, you know what I mean? You're a confident, you're a healthy young guy. You know what I mean? But mm. baseball is also an old timer sport. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a different kind of, a different kind of arena um, for these people. I, and I, I'm curious how many people are going to go back next year. Let's say, let's say again, short of the actual vaccine being done, you know, baseball is going to feel this regardless of which I think, yeah. I think it behooves them behooves them to figure out what talent they're going to be able to have. Otherwise, you know, we might be looking at the XLB uh, next year. I maybe, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, well, I think they, you know, like they got a, they got a base off of by running, they're going to have great TV ratings by great yeah. TV ratings. You can, you can advertise more. I think the one thing that not a lot of people are talking about that MLB does have on their side, obviously, you know, you need to, you can't fill capacity, you know, in Japan, they have really good ideas where, you know, they're going to be able to starting in starting next month, 50% up to 5,000 people. And then in August, it'll be 50% of the building's capacity. So, you know, Japan is doing a really good job. Japan doesn't have a, you know, they didn't have an order. It's just their people are respectful. People stayed six feet apart. People didn't go into a, you know, into a family mart or, yeah, Lawson's or whatever until the next person left. You know, they they just they did everything correctly because people are respectful. In in America, people are just America, yeah, bitch. You know, and they're stupid about the stuff. So that's what I think is slowing us down. But MLB has that positive where they're an outdoor stadium for mo- the most part, and yeah. you're not confined in a building. And I yeah. I know that's not necessarily something that truly makes it easier or, or makes it where, where, you know, it's, it's easier to do, but um, I just think that that helps a little bit with maybe people being a little easier on, on edge because they are in an outdoor setting. So you are, you know what, you know where I'm trying to go with it? Yeah. No, I like it's, it's there's yeah, there's it, ventilation and shit like that. It's it's it just like the restaurants are opening outdoors here first before they're doing example. indoors, etc. That's a better you way know. than I was doing. It. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> sounds crazy as far as baseball goes, but even if they get that opportunity, uh, you know, how many places are going to sell, uh, you know, their uh, you know, slap an MLB logo on a mask because you can wear it at the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, make some. They already are going fanatics. I'm I was thinking about buying one in, uh, for for work. Uh, they got Dodgers and Lakers ones on there. Oh, but that's interesting. The Titan one would be cool with the blue and the oh man, that's that's nice. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at that. <laughs> have to look at that. Um, yeah, I, I, I and again, it's something where I, I want them all to, to happen. I want every. I want, ultimately, at the end of the day, man, I want everyone to be happy. And I think, you know, given some of the greater the greater talks and things that are going on in the world today, man, man, we could use some happiness. Everyone could use some happiness. Some, some, and, and that's. I, I want to keep it as simple as possible for that right now. Um, so speaking of baseball, um, I know you like three strikes. Yes, I do. You do like three strikes. I want to make things difficult for your three strikes. 
Okay. Um, you gotta go. You gotta go two for three for me. That's all you gotta do. Oh, okay? okay. All right. I, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you an American League and a National League, and I'm gonna let you choose. But um, are you familiar with um, immaculate innings? I have not. An immaculate inning is a pitcher who threw exactly nine pitches in an inning, and all nine were strikes. Okay. Okay? It doesn't matter. You know? That's a good thing, right? Yep. That's, that's pretty dang special. Um, so, I'm going to give you the pitcher. I'm going to give you the opponent. I'm going to give you the inning. So, I'm going to give you three bits of information. Okay. And I'm wondering if you can give me two, two of the batters that were dispatched by said pitcher. Oh, God. This, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm going tough on you. All right? I gave, I, we, we've given you softballs with hockey questions before. So, we, so I give the, the pitcher, the inning, the pitcher, and the year, and the, the team? The pitcher and the team. I don't get the year or you the You get inning. the year also. You get the year. Okay. You get the year, the pitcher, the opposing team, so who the, 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 batters, uh, the team of the batters, and uh, the inning that it occurred in. So at least okay. that way you know maybe it's the front of the lineup, back of the lineup. You know, things can get dicey sometimes with long innings, but, but again, it's, an, it's a nine-pitch inning. It actually shouldn't get dicey at all. Yeah. Okay, what, okay. Let's, let's roll. All right. Do you want to go American League or do you want to go National League? Um, let's go national. All right. National league. This one, um, I had, um, I had a couple options for the national league and see, where did he go? Um, where did it go? Oh, here, here we go. Uh, I, uh, where the hell did this go? Oh no, I did it. I did it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. I broke it, bro. Because I was going to say, it was, I was going to give you your boy for the National League. And I was going to give you Kenley Jansen. Okay. All right. Um, but unfortunately, he's the Dodgers. So I, I now I'm going to have trouble figuring out what team. But I blew this one. It got hard for yeah. me, even. Sportscast Radio is sponsored by uh, some shit that went out tonight. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, I got you. Hold on. I think I got this. All right. So if I hit this button here, hit that button, I just got to match up the year. I'm I'm smarter than that. Give me a second. Uh, I'll I'll hit the. uh, So still 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 alive. We have Kenley Jensen. Okay. He did it in Uh 2017. Okay. And the team that he did it against. Would have been the Marlins. Oh God! Uh, and 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 that's where it gets interesting, right? Uh, so you got three strikes, three batters. You, all you got to get is two, though. Okay. Um, okay. So against the Marlins, and uh, let's see, 2017, and he did it in the ninth inning. Um, is John Carlos Stanton one? No, he uh, no. Oh God, that's I think that's the only Marlin I know. <laughs> Um, shit. Um, 
boy, I can't tell you any Marlins players in 2017. Um, it was actually it wasn't it wasn't a, it actually wasn't a bad um, a bad little uh, set of nine pitches here. Uh, Derek Dietrich. Yeah, JT once you got that. Once you got that. And one Ichiro Suzuki. Once you got that. Yeah, What's the American League one? All right, American American League. We're gonna go to my graduating year. Oh God! Uh, what, 2002. 2002. The pitcher is Pedro Martinez of the Red Sox. Okay. All right. So Pedro Martinez. It's against the Mariners, and uh, it happened in the first inning. Oh wow! You want to talk uh, about starting a game off hot? Hall of Fame uh, Pedro Martinez. Is Ichiro Suzuki one? You nailed one. Okay. Is Robinson Cano one? You are incorrect on that one. Shiznitz. Um, oh, I don't know. There's, there's a couple. These, both these names are pretty damn good. When I think, when I think about that O2, that O2 Mariners squad, they were not bad, actually. Oh, I, I, I feel like Griffey's too obvious. That's why I don't want to say Griffey. Because I, fi- I thought he was in the Reds by then. Um, I don't think it was Jay Buhner. I think that was still 90s. Uh, was uh, was uh, A Rod one of them? A Rod was not one of them. That's your second strike. Damn. Oh man. A Rod. Um. Uh, uh. Was what about? Uh, no, he went to Texas for Cano. I thought. Oh, I can't remember. I keep wanting to think Alfonso Soriano, but I don't think he was. He got traded for A-Rod, but I thought it was he got traded the Yankees for, to the Rangers was that mm. one. Boy, yeah. I I don't know. David Segui, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's all right. This Honestly, this is a really tough one, and I, and I knew I wasn't giving you an easy one, but uh, I really like the premise of it with the three strikes gimmick. Um, yeah. So Ichiro Suzuki was, uh, was the first batter they knocked out. Uh, Mark McElmore. And then one Ruben Sierra, bro. Oh, that's Ruben tight, Sierra. Ruben Sierra. Yeah, that's a that's a. You want to talk about going nine pitches on on a, on a on a team and then sending them up and down, bro? Woof. Um, this actually, there's actually a pretty good. Um, and I can start like looking at some of them and know like this Indians one is crazy. Uh, the Orioles in '99, B.J. Ryan struck out Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, and Richie Sexton. Oh, that's a, that's a solid one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Knocked um, down in an order or knocked down yeah. a side. Let's... Uh, you want to talk about uh, maybe some some old rivals here? This was another one where I was really gonna maybe make you think about this one. Uh, Roger Clemens is a Blue Jay, nineteen ninety seven, and his opponents were the Boston Red Sox. Say that one more time. Roger Clemens is the pitcher. Okay. So he's he's pitching for the Blue Jays. His opponents are the Red Sox, okay. 1997. And this happened in the, in the top of the first, or not top of the first, but the first inning. Is it like, no, they didn't have him back then. I can't even think of, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on baseball players. That's okay. This, this would be like, a, this is another murderer's row right here, man. Nomar Garcia Parra, he was all right. Uh, one John Valentin, and then a big hitter by the name of Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn, yeah. Like, Nomar is not working for uh Spectrum with the the Dodgers and their oh, uh, really? uh, yeah and their TV. Does he do a good uh, Does he do a good call? 
Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's he's one of their uh, analysts in the okay. like the pregame stuff. Oh, the studio. Okay. Yeah, because because I I I don't I thought he retired with the Dodgers, so. I think he did. Which is Dodgers are I, cops, you know, but I thought it was Dodgers. He uh he's one of those weird ones too, where like for some reason I only I only think of him as a, as a Red Sox. You know what I mean? As. Um, wow, he actually played one year after the Dodgers. Really? Do you know what team it was? No. Uh, hold on, wait, wait. I want to say like the Rays or something like that. The Oakland Athletics. Oh, I meant to say the A's. The A's is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> it says uh, Garcia Parra signed a one-year deal with the Athletics with the acquisition of Matt Holiday from Colorado in the offseason. Nomar was not granted his accustomed number five, instead wearing number one. Immediately after Holiday's trade to the Cardinals, Eric Patterson was called up and given the number five. Garcia Parra and Patterson subsequently switched numbers. In his final season, Garcia Parra batted 281 with three homers and 16 RBIs in 65 games. Hmm. Um, he had some injuries there as far as that goes, didn't he? Yeah, by that point. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, was really weird. I mean, obviously, again, I think about his heyday in, in, in Boston, his prime year, you know, 22 to 29 there, and that was um, – that dude was awesome. Mm-hmm. Made, him, made, yeah. made me angry. But uh, you, you were either minority like a Parra guy or a Zeke yeah. guy. <laughs> minority investor in the LAFC as well. Hmm. Interesting. LAFC, huh? Yeah, they're like, oh, we get to we as a new MLS team. What are the rules? You get uh, you get one foreign player. Oh, cool. We're just gonna buy Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> oh, cool. We're gonna go to the championship in our first year <laughs> or win yeah. it in their first year. <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Ibra got like thirty-five goals. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he slap somebody in the back too? If I remember right, Probably. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks like MLS is getting ready to start rolling again too now. So it'll yeah. be nice. Um, I saw what was it, uh, one of the Germany clubs was it Munich uh, piping in uh, piping in sound. What do you think about um, that aspect of it for these games? I know I, you and I talked about it. I want to hear I want to hear basketball and hockey without fans. I really do. You know what I mean? Like I I want to hear the chirping. I want to hear. You know I, I want to hear every little bit of it. You I know, think it's I, gonna be cool. Like, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. And part of it is because I've just seen, you know, I've seen other other things obviously work just fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, do, do you think, would you rather the pipe it in, not pipe it in? What, what would you prefer? No, I don't want it piped in. Yeah. I think baseball, I wouldn't be mad at them piping in. Baseball, baseball kind of needs, a, uh, like, a dull peanuts popcorn guy in the background. All, all you got to do is just put, uh, just put mics by the dugout. And that's the thing. It's I'm curious. Like, but you know, I don't know. Dugout. I I I think Mike's by the dugout. Isn't that where? No, it's cameras. Cameras in the dugout that got things in trouble for Houston. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just want to hear. Yeah, I want to randomly hear what you know when uh when Boog Shamber Boog Shambi's like you know here comes Kershaw in the lineup and you hear somebody like that dude's a bitch. And you know, random things like that come out of the dugout. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, the Dodgers pitch to the Astros. You get to hear somebody in the background. I hope he beans his ass. <laughs> what is that? Do they got Steve Austin on the bench? I, that or I was thinking of mankind. 
You know, Uncle I hope, Paul. I hope, he, I hope he bangs that son of a... <laughs> yeah. He drops that son of a bitch on his neck. Hotel Tuve. Carlos Correa, who I hope uh, goes through with this. He apparently wants to become a fighter after this. Did you yeah. see this? I hope. I hope to God he does it. Who would you like to see him go against? Oh, I mean, any, me? I'll take up fighting. I'll beat his ass <laughs> myself. Carl Frotz would be proud. Does that mean you get to call? You get to you get to call out Carl Frotz after it's all said and done. <laughs> oh yeah. Get get like, your I belly out. MMA or what? Yeah, you say. You yeah. say get your belly out there. <laughs> I asked Carlos Correa interested in a UFC fight. Put him up against Greg Hardy. Oh, Greg Hardy. I put him in there with Francis and Ganu. Oh God. How big is Carlos Correa? Oh, big enough to cheat. Like if it was up to me, let's see, he's six four two eighteen. That's a heavyweight, man. That's a yeah, big boy. Let's go. Let's go. You you know you he... know who I want. If he if he's a heavyweight and he's he's getting real brolic and froggy, why don't you step in there with the bomb squad? God, he's not gonna box. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of combat wow. sports, actually, great great segue. Actually, interestingly enough, um, I believe uh, they they've they've already uh, top ranks gotten some uh, approvals in um, Vegas uh, for Vegas in June. So we're gonna have yeah, some boxing events. Stevenson is fighting. Yeah, so you know, gonna have. Um, going to have some, some boxing events come up there and, and it sounds like it's going to be a plan, which is perfectly fine with me. Um, I'm all about, uh, all about seeing some more combat fights again with that empty arena stuff, man. I love being able to hear the corners. I love being able to hear every punch. I'm, I'm cool with it. Bring it on. Yeah. It was, the, the UFC was great. Uh, UFC's I, I, got a show on Saturday too. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I, I I really really was enjoying that a lot too. It was um, it was just different. Again, you get to hear it. Kind of felt like the Kumite, the silence. You know when uh, when you know when Van Damme's handling business in there against uh, you know. <laughs> it, <laughs> you, know? you know, to be fair, it did like seven hundred thousand buys. Yeah. And I, you know, once once again. It it all goes, you know, UFC UFC 250 will be in Vegas as well. Um, that's June 6th. That's next Saturday, or you know, ten days from now. Amanda Nunez and uh, Felicia Spencer is the, is the headliner on the show. Um, yeah. You know, I think the UFC really set the tone when they proved that even with somebody testing positive for COVID, they are yeah. still able to go about it um, in a safe way because of now that, now that we're able to have, you know, such instant testing finally, you know, obviously yeah. that's why everyone's Jacksonville because Jacksonville has all these for some, I don't know, maybe it got developed in Jacksonville. That's why they have so many of these, Hey, we get, you know, we get instant test type things. You know, that's why I think everybody, I, I think, I think UFC essentially started the whole wave. I mean, I think the KBO showed that it could work, but I think UFC, immediately were, were the guinea pig that prevailed when somebody did test positive and then they were still uh, able to go on with the show without anybody else coming down for it because of safety precautions. 
And yeah. I think that's that's where UFC doesn't get enough credit is they they to me are part of the part of the reason that we're getting we we should be getting sports back in the next month or two. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, that UFC card doesn't look too terrible either. Um, uh, other boxing, Garbrandt, other boxing. Asunio uh, in the, the semi-main. Sean O'Malley, who's a big up-and-comers fight, Eddie Wineland. Neil Magny's on the show. Nice. Yeah, that should be Bruce really good. Leroy is the main event of the, the prelims, Alex Caceres. Hmm. Uh, I, I was like watching him. Uh, Gerald Mieschart, he's pretty good. He's going to be on there. Um, Charles Bird. There's some, yeah. there's some good yeah. stuff on here. Um, I'm excited. I'm there's I'm gonna a, get there's home. a card this weekend too, isn't it? Yes, uh, Tyrone Woodley is fighting. Yeah, that, that, that should be a good one too. Um, I, I got to be honest, man. Again, given the given the time here, and again, I, I know I'm I'm terrible at uh, at, uh, at at UFC and MMA stuff, but like uh, Billy Billy Quarantillo, kind of you know a little little too close to Quarantino for me, man. Like I, I think that's kind of a funny uh, let me go there. <laughs> He's Spike Carlisle might have something to say against him in that uh, prelim fight for the main. Yeah. yeah, that should be uh that should be pretty darn interesting. Yeah, the that's a that's gonna be hard too as far as that goes. Yeah. Big hitter is a Belarusian dude, I believe. Um he's a he's a big boy. Um he's in the uh the semi main event. You know, this should be a good good potential win for Woodley to get back on the track too. Gilbert Burns, I mean, you know, nice up and coming fighter from Brazil. I think he's from Brazil. I might be wrong yeah. in these countries. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone in UFC knows Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, man. That's just how it is. They're all, this they're all is trained. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, what, what are you? <laughs> this is Brazil, no, no, we're not going fast this year. No, no <laughs> one orders the tuna being smart and doing what, what these other companies in wrestling are doing, they have their own venue. They're just using it now. Yeah. You know, it doesn't cost you money. You can control who's in and out. So Um, I I think it's it's awesome. Other other, um, interesting news. uh, Boxing, again, Devin Devin Haney still trying to make some some headlines here. And apparently he was training with one guy who who was like uh, 50-0 at one point, uh, one Floyd Mayweather. Does it kind of interest you that... um, that Haney was training with Mayweather a little bit there instead of, uh, you know, his own uh, protege as far as that goes? Ah, uh, no, I, I guess not really. Um, you know, I guess it depends where it goes. Uh, you know, he, he's he's going to need something going on here. Gervonta Davis, you know, obviously is, is a WBA regular lightweight champion. So it's not like Haney was, Haney was taken away you know, or, or training for a guy that is under Mayweather's camp. You know, I, I yeah. bet you Davis is probably there. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if he wasn't too. You know, because hmm. both of these guys are probably trying to figure out how, you know, Teofimo Lopez is, and, and Lomo are talking fans or no fans in September. Winner of that's going to have three of the four. Davis has that regular interim behind Lomachenko if he ever got hurt. And Haney's got the other title. So if Lomo beats Lopez, which I'm sure he will, both those mothers are going to have to be ready because Lomo's coming for their heads. Oh yeah, Lomo, and, and again the, the, the Lomo Lopez. Um, even uh, however, I even heard Lopez uh, because they're still trying to squeeze fights in. Like I heard, uh, I can't remember where, where I read it. Where it's like Lopez, quote unquote, sent a contract to to, um, to Haney. 
but uh, or an offer. But uh, Haney says uh, I haven't seen any of this uh, this this mystery uh, contract that he's talking about here. Yeah, the, the the latest I've seen, Bob Arum said in talking with Lomachenko and Lopez, neither of them want an interim fight. So we would plan to do them in September with or without an audience. Interesting. Uh, Lomachenko yeah, and Teofimo Lopez want to, uh, want to next fight each other in a high stakes light heavyweight unification bout. Um, hmm. I mean, well, you know, we'll see. You know, could be Aaron blow up smoke. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, you know, I, Eddie Hearns backing up uh, this year. He thinks that that he's going to be able to put on a Dillian White Francis Ngannou fight. What? Yeah, that's hmm. that's something coming into play. Uh, Alex Aceto, Sonny Fredericks, uh, June thirtieth. On a on a Vegas show, I mean, we're starting to see a lot of things starting to materialize really quick. What kind of fight for Francis Ngannou? It'd be a it'd be a boxing with uh, Dillian White. So because Dillian White could not get, um, <laughs> because he could not get Wilder, he's going to take a guy that throws just like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's 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 how I'm looking at that. Like, yeah, he's not six seven, but like. I don't know, man. Like the guy throws punches. Last four yeah. KOs, man. He, like, do you, do you want to know the last four fights for Francis Nagano? How long they've gone? Well, he's he's probably been in the ring for less than a round. Um, yeah. If if you had to put it under over and under three minutes, what do you think? Under. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, Forty five seconds against Curtis Blade, twenty six against Velasquez. Uh, one minute, 11 seconds against Dan uh, Dos Santos, and then obviously uh, the Rosenstruck, 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, so that's like and, 250. <laughs> yeah, yes. so a- a- again, that, that's just crazy as far as it goes. Um, and, then, and then prior to that, again, just um, a great, um, you know, the uh, Miocic uh, is one, Derek Lewis, both, uh, both lost in decisions, but still went the... Uh, um, went the time on these fights. And then not only that, uh, prior to that, again, just a string of knockouts by punches. Dude can bang, man. I don't know. Yeah. Dillian White, I mean, I, again, I think I, that wild style is what he's looking for to try and get to appease that uh, that bit there. But again, Francis Nagano being a Europe guy and, and, Hearn, uh, and Hearn also, obviously, and with Dillian White all being based out of Europe, I could see this fight happening and, and being entertaining, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. At the very least, a promo up to it would be interesting. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing. Francis Nagano, he's not like a, like Connor where he's just throwing with his arms. Like He puts his body in those punches. He's not going to try to wrestle you down and work you at all angles with his kicks and stuff. You know, he's just he's going to come at you with ferocity. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, uh, no, that's um, Jamal Herring uh, said uh, he's he. It looks like he's defending his WBO Junior lightweight against Jonathan Akendo July second in Vegas. Okay. Um, so it's starting to really get rolling here. Yeah, it, it should be uh, again the combat sports definitely uh, you know proven. I think even uh, I think there's going to be a card in in, um, in Flint, Michigan. Also, is uh, I think uh, Salido is going to be putting one on for uh, a Clarissa Shields main event there. Um, okay. Might be an empty fan also. So um, again, I am all for it. I think again the empty arena it gives you such clarity. There's no distractions. There's no 
Um, there's no guy in a fan dropping in um, into the arena. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no, it's it just, I think I'm fine with it. I, I'm cool with it. The, the post-fight interviews are great. And again, I, I love the fact that they can hear their corner and they can hear the commentary going. The commentary was a little interesting. Again, the fact that uh, DC, uh, you know, hooked up our guy there and, and gave him the answer, but uh, <laughs> man, you know what I mean? But, but again, it's one of those things where if you, if you're, if you're a, if you're a person that can, that can multitask like that, Hey, more, more power to you. Cause Hardy, Hardy won that match. And that was awesome. Um, hey, the, what the else talk- you got? You got anything for me? Uh, well, the, well, the talk too here. I'm getting more. I'm digging more into it here while you're talking. Um, oh, cool. Eddie Hearn has said he's planning to reach out to UFC boss Dana White about a potential cross-discipline clash between boxer Dillian White and UFC star Francis Ngannou later this year. Responding to the question on Instagram live chat, Hearn says Ngannou was interested in taking on White in the ring. The only thing is, do we do it in the cage or do it in the ring? He said. Apparently, Nagano wants it in the ring. And this is where I'm kind of interested, and this is where I'm actually. This is the first time I'm going to actually give some kudos to Eddie Hearn. Kind of like how I praised, uh, um, uh, what's his, who's the damn NFL guy? Uh, not Paul Tagliabue. What the hell is his name? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the commissioner's name. Uh, yeah, Goodell. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell, where I actually propped him for how well he did the draft and, you know, showing ass, if you will, and, you know, doing a good job to, to actually show he was a, he's, he's a human being and not a, not an idiot robot who just, nah, whatever craft wants, craft gets type shit. Um, yeah. Uh, Eddie Hearn says, I thought maybe me and Dana could put this night together where you've got a ring, which also transform into a cage between matchups. So you've got crossover fights, but you've got an MMA fighter against a boxer in the ring. Then you've got a boxer fighting an MMA fighter in a cage and basically correlating to put a big show together with the UFC. That's kind of cool and intriguing. Is that, you know, it's, uh, I know Clarissa Shields has talked about wanting to do a fight and obviously she sparred with Cyborg before. Um, yeah, that's a badass bitch. <laughs> Excuse my language, but God. Yeah. And, and um, are you trying and, to Cyborg? Oh, okay. Yeah. She's, she's, she's special, man. Two time, two time gold medalist. An MMA. It was, it was an awful movie. So I, I don't, I mean, unless you, unless you're going to have some uh, Casamigos that want to laugh. I watched this MMA movie about a woman whose sister gets killed. MMA and she like has and it's like underground fighting and she she has to train to get to become a fighter to avenge her and Misha Tate's like her coach and friend and they get people like that and like um Holly Holmes in it is somebody but the the evil boss chick that kills her sister is Cyborg oh like, they're like who are we casting uh, Cyborg oh that's a good idea yeah you that's know, funny she, yeah. That's literally the plot to kickbox or not kickboxer. That's literally the plot to uh, to blood sport, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it no. literally think of it, it. You're right, though. No, it's, it's kickboxer. Kickboxer is yeah. brother gets killed. It's it's blood sport where he has to go like represent the family because the son can't do it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, like, okay. Yeah. So it's, think of the same thing like that. And, uh, Tanaka, <laughs> you know, look like Tanaka clan. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and the Tong Po of the movie is is cyborg, oh <laughs> which is tremendous. That's cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you get her in there. I mean, I don't know who she fights. Um, maybe the E gets involved too, and we get uh, Drew McIntyre versus Tyson Fury. 
I, I'm just saying at this point, man. I mean, it's getting it's really getting thick around here with with, with a lot of these crossovers. You got Tyson in the AEW ring tonight. Um, like it, it's well, the, the world. Is, uh, I, I, you know, I, but, I got twenty minutes left in AEW still, so don't tell me about oh. that. Okay, well, I won't go into the details, but again, you know, you got you got you got a lot of weird crossovers happening right now, and and I don't know, like, I I don't know what's going on anymore, man. What's up? Here's what's the down? Is, he crossed over with the WWE guys. McIntyre's getting his ass beat. <laughs> and and I uh, don't mean that as like a knock on McIntyre, but if you're gonna do a crossover with like Tyson Fury against somebody, you know, you gotta you gotta look at like somebody who's like a legit. Badass. I'm not saying McIntyre's not. That guy could probably kick my ass. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll never, I'll never deny that. But I mean, does WWE even have any tough guys anymore? I mean, I guess um, Nia Jax is pretty stiff. Man, she um, get on Raw. She split her head open. Oh jeez. Blows. Um. Ajax is so charismatic that she's able to convey happiness, sadness, anger, and confidence without even making a facial structure move. Mm. She's not like most girls with her charisma. Mm. Hey, look, look uh, tell me what face I'm making right now. The one for radio. <laughs> yeah, I'm just staring aimlessly. Well, that's how uh, she shows her confidence. So that, that, That's okay. That's okay. Um, other crossover or not crossover speaking of fury rather um, and Dillian White Dillian White wants uh, wants Fury to not mess with uh, Wilder's third fight and give him his shot uh, D- uh, Fury saying no he's going to knock out everybody uh, as far as that goes so he's going to fight Wilder he's going to fight um, and, and try and go up with the rest of the, uh, the, the plan to get him and Joshua to obviously meet um, as long as Wilder doesn't uh, throw a wrench in that third one Um you know what? Uh, I want to see a third one. I, well, that, that's the thing is that one is going to happen. That one's it's just it's a yeah. matter of when. But the thing, I, the question. I just know, like <laughs> Deontay Wilder can't wear no like eighty pound armor to the ring this time. Like I'm not trying to make an excuse for him either, but I bet you, <laughs> like I don't think he expected he was going to be standing that thing for like an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a that was pretty stupid cool. idea. That's why I shot the Mike Tyson. He came around with a towel around his neck. Heck yeah, <laughs> the, the cut towel, man. T- yeah. Tyson knew, man. Tyson knew the deal, man. Cut towel, um, like the shortest short, short, uh, like high top. Yeah. Kept it simple. Came out to, what did he come out to? Knock you out? Is that what he came out to? Probably. He probably did. Look, uh, and like, to be fair, John T. Wilder looked effing badass. I will not deny that. I mean, I remember how hard we popped. But but when you could see him in the corner during the national anthem and he's starting to wobble back and forth after he mentioned it, I went back and rewatched it. And you could see he was a little uneasy just waiting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I bet you this dude's just sitting there like, oh. Um, <laughs> idea. Wait, I think Tyson. Hold on, I think Tyson only came out to um, like it was like just a, a awkward note, like a like a horror note, if I recall. Right? What? It, it was just like a like a like a Godzilla note kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, what was Tyson's walkout music? Um. Iron Mike was always intimidating even before his fights, usually walked out to the sounds of Tupac songs, Road to oh. Glory, Ambitions as a Rider, Let's Get It On or Toss It Up. Big Pac guy. 
The yeah. Road to Glory is a song dedicated to Mike Tyson, too. Hmm. Interesting. Hold on. I think I, I think he came Mike out to some badass entrance that scared the living shit out of Sphinx. I got, I'm pulling that one up right now. It's just the clanging of chains and uh, and like just a, a long bass note, like a boom. <laughs> like, what is going to that site? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Mike Tyson, man, you know, he, he was, uh, God, I still want to see him come back. Like, I, I know, like, the mystery behind Mike Tyson's terrifying 1988 walkout music has been solved. Oh, snap. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, actually, um, no, here it is. Yeah. Tom Alonzo used a used a sampler, a drum sampler. Then uh, he just looped it, a bunch of stuff. That's crazy. I'll, I'll I'll give that a good listen, and maybe that'll be the next uh, the next play that we do instead of uh, Jim Cliff there. But uh, somebody said, can you imagine? It says has not for has not fought for ninety seven days on the video they have, meaning Tyson hadn't had a, hadn't fought in like just over three months. Now he's been fighting twice a year. God, you know it that's goes crazy. back to back in the day. Like not to get too off topic, but part of the reason I always give De La Hoya credit is 1997. That dude defended his title five times in one year. That's wild. Like that. That's awesome. Like back, you know they used to, they used to get down back in the day. Yeah, that's wild. That is wild. I like. Hmm. I as Ooh. for having for you, I have a three strikes top ten and a Uber facts. Uh, whoa, if you whoa, want, whoa. want both of the other or how you want to do this. All right. Uberfax is my forte. So let's, I want to be able to end on a high note. So let's do, let's do your three strikes and see if I can, uh, if I can, I can weather that storm. And then, um, and then, and then maybe I can try and if I, if I suck that up, I'll try and end on, end on my strength there with the, uh, the Uberfax. How about that? All right. So can, can you name for me the, in the last 10 NBA seasons, who was the leading Jersey sale uh, seller? Uh, LeBron James has to be one when he went to the Lakers. Okay. That's one. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is a strike. Oh, what? How is I mean, it doesn't surprise me at the same time. Our last uh, 10 seasons. So who led every year? Oh, God. Okay. Well, I figured Giannis la- this year and then LeBron last year, but I guess those numbers. Oh, this, year year was, this year was LeBron. Last year this was year was not. LeBron. Okay. Uh, Kawhi? surprising because it was his first year, too. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Because everyone's got 19 LeBron jerseys. That's just what it is. You know, you got the oh, Cleveland one. You got the you got the OG you got the OG Cleveland you got the original the the new Cleveland you got the, the playoffs, I don't want that shit <laughs> you got the Miami one you got the you got the you got the all the you got the McDonald's All Star jersey um, so they get but, AD uh, and like, all right, I want to get the LeBron <laughs> all right all right all right so uh, Le, LeBron was one right he was uh, okay. this season this season okay Kawhi Leonard. So seasons. That is strike number two. What? Kawhi didn't get one. Holy cow. Okay, Curry's got to be one. Yep. Okay. Um, now there is be one. Oh, that is your third strike. Thanks for playing what? third strike. Holy cow. What is going on with these people? you got to be kidding me. All right. So, so, Curry's on there twice. Yep, yep. 
LeBron's on there twice. Yep. Okay, who, so Curry and LeBron are on there twice. Kawhi's not on there. That's crazy. Um, Jimmy Butler then? Nope. Wow. Who who is this? Like, let, let's hear these people from the last ten years. Curry's on there three times. Okay. LeBron's on there four times. Wow. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Really? That was two, four, seven years ago. Was that the was that when the Knicks got him? Yep. Uh, the year before that was Derrick Rose, his MVP year, I believe. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. And Kobe Bryant, ten years ago. That's wild. I'm a little, I'm a little perturbed. I like, I, I, I thought there'd be a little more. I thought there'd I be a little more variance in the NBA. After, after, I thought for sure after our NBA talk last week when I said Steph Curry has changed the game with all the youth by the three point shooting. That yeah. that would be a sticking point going back to it. Go well, Curry for the last umpteen years has changed how he's he's kids' favorite player now. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's man, that's crazy. I feel better I mean, about your baseball one you gave me now. Yeah, but I mean, I I just I'm just surprised at the lack of var- like I gave you a tough one, right? You gave me an easy one, but I'm surprised by the lack of variance in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like well, I mean, Jersey Topic. Kawhi don't have no personality. Ain't nobody buying that. Nobody won a championship, man. Like, you know, I thought everyone in Canada would buy year. one after that. Like, they were giving them plants on the damn bus. Like, here, Kawhi, stay in Toronto. Like, what is going on? Yeah. But, I mean, you figure they played half the year in Toronto. Yeah. I. More the reason. That's a new jersey yeah. right there, man. Like, he's kind of he's kind of a fun guy when you get to know him. I mean, <laughs> what is he, is he a mushroom? Like, <laughs> get it, fun fun guy. Yeah. Get it. Fun, yeah, I get, uh, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I have four facts for you. One of them obviously is an incorrect fact that I have altered, changed, or made up. Your job is to sniff out the fake fact. Are you ready? Uber facts, the most unimportant <laughs> things you'll never need to know. Number one, there are no recorded instances of a killer whale killing a human being in the wild. The only recorded orcas to ever cause death of a human were being held in captivity. 50% of those deaths occurred at SeaWorld. Penguins in Antarctica emit so much nitrous oxide, commonly known as laughing gas, in their poop, the scientists study them to get high. Or the, stu- the scientists studying them get high. Get Number high, three. Get high, get high. <laughs> Speaking to <Let's> penguins. <laughs> gay penguins have been known to steal eggs from straight penguin couples and raise the chicks as their own. They also leave stones in their place as decoys. And number four, sloths are the only mammal that cannot jump. Dang, that's lit. All right, sloths is facts. All right, those things are <laughs> like they move. All right, sloths is facts. They move so like literally, literally, they they grow moss while moving. Like, how slow do you have to be moving to, to like that moss is actually gathering on you? Like I think, oddly enough, a sloth might be the one thing on the planet that Derek, Derek, not, that that Derek, um, 
that James Harden might actually be able to cover. Um, yeah. But but <laughs> that aside, Slauson's back, so I don't got to worry about that. Your moved at the speed of a of a. <laughs> I can't remember what that that survey said. <laughs> uh, do you? Uh, so so the other one was penguins and nitrous oxide. I feel like that might be facts. Also, I feel like it's a shitty fact. Pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but, and then the other one was uh, what's the other non-penguin one? Um, the killer whales. Sea World I feel like that's a fact too. I say I think killer whales. They're gentle. They they eat other things. They're not even. I mean, they're not. They eat like kelp and fish. Like it's okay. Um, that one's facts. The nitrous is facts. The sloths is facts. And I'm gonna say the gay penguin thing. I think. Uh, like that just happens with single penguins also. I think that's a thing. All right. So you were smart to stay away from the killer whale, not killing a, having, having no recorded human being killed in the wild. That is a complete fact that 50% of those deaths have occurred at SeaWorld. I'm just, you know, cause things happen. They're big animal, you know, big, big species that things can happen. <laughs> um, also, you're smart to stay away from the penguins in Antarctica emits so much nitrous oxide one. That is a complete fact. Uh, scientists studying them get high because of the, of the oxide that comes from their feces, which leaves <laughs> us with two. You're very confident about sloths being the only mammal that cannot jump. Fortunately, you were too overconfident as that is an incorrect fact. The correct fact is Elephants are the only mammal that cannot jump. Elephants are the only mammal that cannot. Ah, oh, man. That one to be safe because I, that was my choosing to alter. So I had to do even more research to make sure there wasn't anything else. All right. So I'm looking, I'm looking at answers.com and uh, two in a man. row for me. I, like, so, all right, smart. Man, you're slumping going into the playoffs. I No, it's like I'm looking at this. It says, what is the only land mammal that can't jump? It says the elephant can't jump, nor can rhinos, hippos, or sloths. And, like, but, like, I, you know, again, like, I'm going to count. I count uh, I count whales breaching. Like, that's a jump because whales can jump. Like, I know that. You know what I mean? Like, I same thing with manatees. They they got to get out of that water somehow. They, they get their gut out Carl Frotch style. They know yeah, that. <laughs> All right, so they can jump. What? I, I, I feel like I got robbed, man. I want to throw a flag on this one. I well, feel like... Unfortunately, it's the final two minutes, and you're not allowed to throw a challenge flag on the field. <laughs> oh, that's, just, oh, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, right, I think we covered a good litany of sports today, man. I don't um, know what else you got. You got something else lying around? No, I mean, we, we hit everything out, out the gate running. I mean, like I said, guys, you know, we're a week or two away from potentially knowing start dates of sports again, and it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. We need it. We need it bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know uh, even uh, making wrestling uh, more fake than it really is, you do a little special something on Fridays. Why don't you plug that for us? Yes, Friday night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on www.twitch.tv forward slash WrestleCast Radio Pro Wrestling Summit. This is our seventh week 
uh, this Friday, our seventh episode. So come check it out here. Card is still being written. I'm going to handle that tomorrow. Is Now that all the champions are crowned, now i got to start getting some records in line and start figuring out who's beating who because the nice thing about doing the summit, folks, as most of you have seen, is I, this is all random. I can book the match, but I do not know who's going to win. I'm calling it on the fly. So I'm going to keep this you know, as real rankings with people beating people to get title shots. Uh, the only thing we do know is uh, we, I, I believe there's, I believe I had mentioned we have a, a tag title match coming up here. Um, this show, I have to just double check with it all, but uh, June, June, uh, June 5th. Uh, so two weeks out, that will be the Kazuchika Okada Valter heavyweight title match. So that is the only confirmed match over the next two weeks. We'll be getting this going. But uh, yeah, come check it out. We had record numbers last week. Every week it continues to improve. I just doubled my internet speed today. That kicks in Friday morning. So hopefully that that hinders any leg issues that we were having. So I'm excited to get this rolling here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time, man. Well, that's tight. I appreciate you joining me tonight. Um, you can catch me at Jump a Clue Conclusion on Xbox Live because that's where I spend most of my time during this quarantine. Uh, that being said, we out. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.